Welcome back to the Amkiss podcast brought to you by the Bonjour Agency with a new season of episodes where we speak to people in the independent school sector. Amkiss is the Association for Admissions, Marketing and Communications in Independent Schools. I'm Simon Jones and in this episode I'm talking to Jenny Denning, Head of External Relations at Bootham School. We're going to hear Jenny's views on the school sector, where it's come from, how it's changed, what's important for parents right now, current and prospective, and what advice she has for people who are just starting out in this wonderful world of school marketing and admissions. Now, you're going to love this episode, and Jenny is wonderful. She really talks from the heart, not a presentation, but instead it's just a delightful conversation where you can tell she's talking while she's thinking. But let's get this intro out of the way, and instead, let's find out the views of the sector from today's guest, it's Jenny Dinning. Jenny, thank you for being here, and welcome to this episode of the Amkiss podcast. How are you today? I'm really well, thank you. Um, yeah, doing really well for a Monday morning. The sun is shining in York. I've just had staff briefing. Everybody's very excited about the week ahead. So yeah, I'm, I'm good, thank you. How does a typical staff briefing look for you at your school then? Well, we have staff briefing in the staff room kind of Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Mainly it's about kind of the, the nuts and bolts of school business. But I always try and go along if I can, because I think it's good to be, A, it's good to be visible in the staff room. Um, and B, it gives me a chance to really catch up on some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. You know, you find out what the what the week holds. So, for example, if there's any trips or if there's any sports fixtures that I might not be aware of, that helps me if I'm trying to find stuff for social media. But it also means if I'm trying to plan things like photo shoots or videos or something, it, I know when people are available and when they're not. Mm. Um, and I think... Certainly in a lot of schools, and it, it is the case here, my offices are in the bursary, which is quite separate from the main school. So I think just go, being able to go over physically and be a presence in the staff room, I think is really beneficial because it just shows the teachers, you know, that you're there, you're kind of on their side and you, you understand what they have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. It's interesting that you say that because, uh, and I kind of feel like we're jumping straight into the heart of this episode, which is great. Mm -hmm. But say, I don't know, 20 years ago, I, I guess that marketing in independent schools was viewed very differently to how it is now. And uh, back then it was seen very much as being on the side, not talking about mm -hmm. your school in particular, but just in the whole sector. Do you think we still got a long way to go with that? Or are we getting much, much closer to how it should be with marketing being taken seriously across the board in all schools? I think we are getting closer to that. I am very lucky to be on the board of AMCAS. And one of the things I love about our organisation is that we're constantly pushing for our sector to be recognised as a profession. I think you're right. I think maybe even 10 years ago, definitely 15, 20 years ago, marketing was seen as a, a, as you say, something that's on the side. It was quite often done by um, maybe the headmaster's secretary, sometimes the headmaster's wife in some schools. Um, and it was very much a case of making sure the notice boards look nice for open days or putting an ad in the local paper. Times have changed. Um, I think, you know, the function that we provide for schools um, is key. And I think everybody now is starting to realise how important we are. Mm. Um, and I go back to that professionalisation of the industry. We, we are working in a very competitive market. The people who are coming in are very skilled. Many of them have experience from outside the industry. Um, and I think, you know, we are constantly proving our worth. It's a difficult one, though, because 
in many ways we are separate from the school um you know i spend a lot of my time my head my title is head of external relations and i cover marketing and admissions and i also work with colleagues on development and i spend a lot of my time working with external people so my gaze is quite often turned away from the school Mm. I'm looking at what the market's doing. I'm looking at what the sector's doing. I'm looking at what potential parents want. I'm looking at what agents, guardians want. But it's really important for me also to have that kind of, that other part of me that's kind of integral to the school. So I'm actually there and so people can see what I'm doing and I can reflect not only what I'm doing, but what I'm seeing. I, I sometimes think I'm almost like a mirror and it's my job to kind of show um, certainly the SLT or leadership meeting as we call it here but in any school I think it's really important that marketing kind of has that direct communication with with the leadership team so they can show them what's going on there and they can feed that information back sometimes you have to give you know it's not always good news you know sometimes if you're going back and saying look you know I've just read the latest census and you know I'm, I'm a bit worried about some of the boarding numbers that kind of thing it, it can be met with almost I don't want to say hostility, certainly not in my school, but, you know, it, it can be quite difficult to deliver that news sometimes. Mm. Um, and I think the fact that the, the the function we provide is becoming more professional, it gives us that integrity, it gives us that authority. So we actually, when we talk about things like this, people take us more seriously. Mm -hmm. Jenny, tell us a bit about how long you've been at your school for. Well, for, first of all, tell us where you are for, for the sake of people who are listening to this right now. I'm at Beetham School in York. Um, I've been here just coming up to six years, which seems a very long time, um, but I absolutely love it here. It is a, it's a Quaker school. I admit I'm not a Quaker. Uh, many of the, well, in fact, most of the students and staff here aren't Quakers, but what kind of binds us all together is the feeling we have towards the Quaker ethos, which is very much about um, community, sustainability, the environment, everybody being equal. And it's really a code for modern living, I think, which has been adapted um, over hundreds of years. So, yeah, it's a lovely school. And anybody who comes here always says they can really feel, feel that kind of friendliness and kind of laid back approach that we have. Of course, there aren't many Quaker schools across the UK, are there? I mean, I'm thinking Leighton Park, I'm thinking Bootham, of course, but, but which yeah. other ones are there that you can think of? So you've got Sidcote, um, you've got Sibfoot, um, there's some in Northern Ireland, um, you've got Ackworth close to us. So there's a group of us and we do, uh, certainly the heads and deputy heads get together quite a lot. Um, you're right, there's not many of us, but I think that helps me in my job because it's one of the key kind of differentiators we have. Um, from other schools, certainly in the local market. Um, for people who don't know York, it's quite a small city, but we have a lot of independent schools. So within kind of walking distance, I have St. Peter's, um, I have the Mount, which is another Quaker school. We have Queen Margaret's, we have Queen Mary's, but further along. So the parents here are very well served for independent education. Mm. Um, and the state schools are excellent as well. You know, the, the primary schools and the secondary schools are fantastic. So for me, it helps that we've got something that bit different. We all know as marketeers, we're told to kind of work out what our secret ingredient is for the schools. You know, if you want to stand out, you have to have something that makes you a bit special, you know, like Coke or um, KFC mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, for me, our secret ingredient is Quakerism. As I say, 
you don't have to be a Quaker to come to this school. Most of us aren't. Um, but I think once you read what we stand for and see that we're actually very authentic about what we do, we don't just say it, we actually practice it. That is what sets us apart from other schools. Mm. And we're lucky because what the school has been doing for 200 years, it's our bicentenary this year, which is very exciting. But what we've been doing for 200 years is very much on the zeitgeist. It's what modern parents are looking for. Um, and I think, you know, that explains one of the reasons we've got record numbers this September. You know, mm. our numbers have been going up for the last five years. We're very lucky. And I think it's because, again, we have communicated that secret ingredient to parents and they get what we are. How should schools go about, you know, claiming that differentiating factor? Because clearly being a Quaker school, that, that does set you apart from a number of other schools. But I'm just thinking that sometimes when I'm when I'm talking to school, you know, marketing teams and external relations people, they say to me that on the one hand, they want to differentiate. But on the other hand, they don't want to cut off big chunks of their potential market. And there's that kind of fear that if you do differentiate or niche it down too much, then then, then you might lose. I don't want to call it opportunity, but you know what I mean in a in a in a business mm -hmm. sense, in, in a school environment. And I think everyone listening to this will understand that, too. So how do you get that balance right between between not turning away too many people, but equally being identifiable for what you're what you're actually good at in a school? And I, I, I don't just mean your school. I just mean across the sector, across mm -hmm. all schools. Mm -hmm. I think you have to be quite brave. I get that there's a worry that if you become too niche, then you may not appeal to um, a large part of the local audience. The trouble is, if you don't stand out, how do you attract people in the first place? I think the key is about being authentic. I think you have to find out who you are and what you do. Um, there are certain factors, you know, let's face it, we all work in brilliant schools. We all have fantastic facilities. We all have enthusiastic, passionate, skilled teachers. Um, we all have, you know, wonderful pastoral care. If you're a boarding school, you've got a fantastic boarding team. We all have this, you know, parents are spoilt for choice, but if you want to kind of raise your head above the parapet, you're going to have to settle on something. Um, it's not easy. You know, you, you'll know, you look at school websites and a lot of them have very much the same kind of messaging, you know, bespoke education, um, you know, excellent pastoral care. It's sometimes very difficult to tell them apart. And I understand why it's sometimes easier to be mainstream. In a market, certainly the one I'm in, I don't have that luxury. There's too much competition on my doorstep. I had to kind of, you know, work with the SLT to come out what our key messaging was. I'm, I'll, I'll give you a quote. I'm not sure how many people quote Dolly Parton on this um, this podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think she said something fantastic, something like, um, find out who you are and then do it on purpose. And I think that's what we have to do. We have to find out what we stand for as a school and do more of it and do it better. And the key to that, I think, is being authentic. Parents will know if you're selling something that's not real. They will find the disconnect when they walk in. They will see the difference when they talk to teachers and current parents. You have to be honest. You have to be real. And it's not easy. If it was easy, we'd all be, you know, name schools in the front of Tatler all the time. You know, mm. for most of us, it's a hard graft. Um, most of us have to go out there and convince people that we're better than our neighbor. 
And for me, the only way you can do that is appeal to people like you. Find your tribe, I think. Mm. You can't be everything to everybody. Um, but it takes a certain amount of courage and you have to have a head on board. I'm very lucky here. I've got a great head. Chris Jeffrey, he... Um, he and I are very much aligned when we first started about what, how we wanted to sell the school. And that helps me because I know I've got his backing. It's a job. It's, it's a hard job. And I think people sometimes underestimate how skillful you have to be in this sector. You know, it sounds sometimes sounds cushy. You know, I've got people who work in industry and they go, oh, you must have a lovely life. Do you get the long holidays? Do you get? And I say, no, I don't get the mm. long holidays. I work really hard. And I work with a small team. Um, I haven't got a massive budget. I've got a decent budget for a school my size, but schools, you know, when you compare to other organizations, we're dealing with millions of pounds. You know, we're bringing in millions of pounds worth of business. And quite mm. often we're doing it with very small teams, very small resources. Mm. Um, it's, it's hard graft and it's hard to try and, and distinguish yourself. But once you do it, if you can do that, then you'll see the benefits, I think. You mentioned authenticity in there. In what ways can you think of that, that are there that schools should be more authentic in the way that they communicate with, with current parents and prospective parents? Okay, well, I'll, I'll talk about Bootham, for example, because obviously that's, that's where I work and I know the way we operate. We are a non-selective school. We um, are very much about the individual. We have excellent academic results we hold our own amongst uh, the selective schools that surround us but we don't sell ourselves on our exam results that's not what we're about we are not an academic hothouse we are about finding um the kind of the individuality of your child and helping that to flourish now lots of schools will say that um i could find you five ten websites which say that but we do it and we have testimonies from current parents. We talk about our old scholars, about what they go on to do and we can back it up. And I think that you have to be able to back it up. We can all make wild claims, but actually parents will know, you know, the dinner party chatter, the kind of feedback that you get from their own children. They will know if you're not doing what you say you do. So I think, you, you, yeah, you have to be honest. Are you a sporty school? Are you a very academic school? Um, or are you more about the pastoral care? Um, you know, parents are very savvy these days. You know, these people that come to us, quite often they own their own business or they're professional people. They, many of them work in marketing. They know, you know, the things to look out for and they will know straight away whether you're being authentic or not. Mm -hmm. It's so good to, to hear this. And, you know, that's a subject which we could carry on talking about for about half an hour, I'm sure. But mm -hmm. we should we should mm -hmm. probably move on. Uh, tell me about some mm -hmm. of the ways that your views have changed in the world of independent schools or how you think independent schools have changed, e even just in the six years that you've been at Bootham. It's a strange one. I mean, I will go back to my first job in independent schools was at Clifton College way back in 2013 mm -hmm. and my background was in journalism so I worked for the uh, started off in newspapers ended up working for the BBC as a producer and a researcher and then like lots of people had family uh, relocated so was looking for something that that I could be passionate about I'm not the kind of person who could go out and sell tins of beans you know for me I have to believe in the work I do it's the mm -hmm. way I've always been and when I saw a job advertised at Clifton College, I thought, oh, okay, I'll go along. Um, and I wasn't really sure. I went to an independent school. I am benefited from a brilliant education. But then I chose to send my children to state school. 
um, my partner didn't believe in independent education. So I came at the whole sector as quite, kind of quite a, a circuitous, circuitous, I can't say that word. I came <laughs> about it in a kind of um, long and windy way. Mm. Okay. Um, and when I came in, I, I had to kind of do my, my research. So I wanted to do my desk research. Um, I looked at the sector as a whole. I read as much as I could. I looked at other schools. And this was in Bristol at the time. So I was looking at schools in the Southwest. And I kind of had to learn everything about it from a standing, from a standing point. I think then, I think a lot of schools were sitting on their laurels, that resting on their laurels. I think they kind of, business was good, numbers was good, boarding numbers were okay. They weren't quite probably quite as good as they had been 20 years ago. But I think we were all bobbing along quite nicely. Um, and then I think we've all had to kind of wake up in the last 10 years. There's so much things going on, you know, the threat of putting VAT on fees, business taxes, the fact that we don't actually seem to have a political ally anymore. You know, at one point you could rely on the Conservatives party to kind of defend independent education. At the minute, it seems as if, you know, there's no one there to defend us, really. There's nobody mm -hmm. there who's saying that actually this is a really good option for you. And yes, every child should have a brilliant education. I strongly believe that. And I know we are working in a very privileged um, kind of environment. But I think schools have had to wake up. I think we've had to think in a much more business-like manner. I think we've had to start looking at the competition. I think we've had to start really understanding what's going on out there, understanding the threats. And, you know, obviously at the minute, we've got the threat of a huge economic recession. That's going to affect some schools because parents may not be able to afford their fees. Um, we've got the cost of energy, you know, how are small schools going to cope with this? So I think um, we've really had to kind of focus as a sector. Um, and certainly, you know, the marketing um, and admissions function, I think, as I've said before, we've had to become more professional. Um, we've had to start really looking at the data. I'm very keen on data. This is something that's not kind of... Um, natural to me I'm a I'm a writer I like words I, I don't like numbers and I've really had to train myself to look at a spreadsheet and I would encourage everybody who works in this profession to do that know your figures mm -hmm. know your conversion rates know your inquiries um, know what's going on in the sector at whole look at those kind of information we, we're so lucky we've got so many good organizations that provide us with information you know we've got the independent schools council look on their website they'll give you loads of stuff they could even benchmark your school for you you've got AMKIS, which obviously I'm very biased towards, but you know, they've got so much information about what's going on in the sector. They can provide so many resources for you. Mm. Um, and I think we have to operate in a much more business-like manner now. The sector as a whole is under threat from so many areas. Um, and I, I, I really feel as if over the next few years, it's going to kind of be the strongest that survive, you know. I, I worry that we might see some of the smaller schools disappear. Um, mm. And I think it's quite worrying. It's a quite worrying time for, for many schools, not all mm. schools, but some schools. Yeah. And of course, in times of a recession uh, in some schools and some businesses, they have a tendency to want to cut what they might call non-essential um, elements within mm. their organization. And sometimes people look at marketing as one of those things where you can reduce. Uh, other schools mm. and organizations think, right, actually, right now in a recession, this is more important than ever. In fact, we need to be putting more money into marketing. W what's your view on that kind mm. of thing? I agree with you. I think now is the time to spend the money. Um, 
I think you have to have those tough conversations because obviously if you're in a school and a teacher, you know, looks at the, the marketing budget and says, well, actually that's, you know, I could get five whiteboards for the price of you spending that. I think you have to have those conversations and explain why it's important to do it. But now is the time really when you have to kind of bang your drum the loudest, I think. Mm. Um, you know, it's not just in this sector, you know, in recession, now's the time to spend more on your marketing, not less, I think. Mm. Mm. It's, a, it's a tough one though, you know, because people are looking at cost savings. It's natural. Um, and as you say, marketing certainly hasn't always been seen as kind of a, a vital part of the school. Mm. Again, it comes down to data. Yeah, going back to being brave as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, as I say, I'm really lucky with my head here. Um, I think you need someone, it helps if you've got a head on side who understands. Mm. And I think a lot of the modern heads that are coming through, they know they're, they're very business-like themselves. You know, they understand that you have to, there's always that weird kind of balance about it being a school and a business. And, and I love it when we get people in sometimes to talk to SLT and they say clients instead of parents. And you can see the hackles rise on, on this kind of teaching <laughs> staff. And I, and I wouldn't go that far, but, you know, it, it, we are a business. We're a business and it's tough mm. times. You know, all the schools out there are going to have to really get their act together. And, you know, and we're going to have to raise our game as a sector if we want to survive, I think. Mm. What advice would you give to someone just starting out, you know, maybe someone who's moved across from working in a business somewhere and they're now working in school for for, for, for the first time, uh, or maybe someone who's coming back to work after having had children? W what advice would you give to someone mm. just starting out in the world of independent school marketing? I think, as I say, do you know, I don't say do as I do, but I found it very, very helpful to do the research. You know, you can learn a lot from sitting at your desk. You don't have to spend money. You don't have to um, do a lot of courses straight away. When you first come in, I think, you know, really try and understand as much as you can. Go to ISC, go to BSA if you're a boarding school. Look at what the resources they provide. Certainly for me, um, after working in the school for two years, I then did the AMCIS diploma in marketing, um, which was fantastic. I mm -hmm. mean, the AMCIS diploma for me is what that was the first time I heard about the organization and obviously now I'm a, a, on the board so you would expect me to sell it up but it provides really relevant training um, and free resources as well for, for people who are members really helping you find your way um, and also there's a really good collegiate atmosphere you know you, there's a buddy system there's networking I would think, you know, try and get yourself along to some conferences, whether it's the BSA conference, whether it's the independent schools conference, go and talk to people, find out what they're doing. It's a really friendly industry. You know, mm. technically we're all competitors, but you can find somebody who maybe doesn't work in the same area, who, who works in a, a different kind of school. And more often than not, they're willing to share with you what works, what didn't work for them. I would say also, you know, keep your eyes open, take inspiration from other industries, you know, look at what higher education are doing. You know, the universities usually have bigger budgets than us. Quite often they've got huge teams and um, look at what they're doing, steal some of their ideas. You know, there's no such thing as being original. Look at, um, I always remember when I first worked at Clifton College, I had a great boss there, um, Ian Mallon, I'll give him a name check. And he'd come from industry 
and he was on it. I was so lucky to have him as my first boss because he he knew that we had to kind of um, raise our game. And he started spending money on digital marketing at a time when not many schools were. We did a lot of um, really big um, outdoor advertising in Bristol, which was the first time a school had done that. We know we really made a splash. Um, and it was great. I mean, we had a good budget. We were lucky and we had a good team. So we were able to do that. But I remember him coming in to me once with a, a magazine from the Financial Times. And I can't remember what it's called. You know, it's the one um, with all the luxury goods in. And he, he threw this magazine at me and he said, look at those ads. He said, that's what we want. We want aspirational, inspirational. You know, just because we're a school, we shouldn't be doing kind of like boring ads. Hmm. And I think that's really important. I think get your inspiration from other areas. You know, see what you can steal. See the little nuggets that you can take um, and run with it. Hmm. But talk hmm. to people. You know, we're a friendly lot. Talk to people. Find out what works, what doesn't. I, lo I love it. And, and the conferences that I've been to, uh, I absolutely agree. A hundred percent friendly people who are always willing to, yeah. to talk, especially over coffee uh, and and really yeah. share their ideas and, and being, you know, very, very open in the industry. I think it's really good. Uh, Jenny, we need to bring this to a close in a minute. But uh, my last question, how does the rest of today look? We're, we're recording this. It's currently 930 in the morning mm -hmm. on a Monday. How does the rest of your mm -hmm. day actually look? Well, uh, today I've got a bit of a mixed bag. So um, this morning I'm trying to organise um, a video shoot with some alumni um, for a campaign we're doing. Um, we've got a new campaign coming out called Be You, Be Long, Be Boo Them, which I'm mm -hmm. very excited about. So I'm trying to get that sorted. And that will mean talking to teachers and also liaising with an external agency that we use. Um, and then this afternoon I'm doing some PDRs for my team. Ooh. So I've been doing some kind of, I know, so it's a real mixed bag. And I think that's the thing. You have to be a bit of a jack of all trades in this business. Um, but that's what I love. Every day is different. You know, if you ask me what I'm doing tomorrow, I think I've got the, I'm going to the Chamber of Commerce to do a talk. So you, ne you never know what you're doing. And that's what I like. Fantastic. I love it. Well, I better leave you to it then, especially if you've got that video shoot coming up. But Jenny, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. It's been really good talking to you and finding out your views on the independent school sector. Thank you so much. Thank you, Simon. So that was Jenny Dinning, Head of External Relations at Bootham School in Yorkshire. Thank you for being here, Jenny, especially on a Monday morning. I hope your video shoot went well. I'm sure that it did. Now, just a reminder, AMCIS is the Association for Admissions, Marketing and Communications in Independent Schools. For more information on AMCIS, just visit amcis.co.uk. That's A-M-C-I-S .co.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.